Hare Krishna, my dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books, right here in the Haven, which is located in Hive, Kent, Southeast England, just a stone's throw through the English Channel. We're a little late today. Braj Balaba flew in from California. Our landlord, Radharaman, flew in from someplace. And me and Abhaya Prabhu are, well, we're here all the time. So we'll start right off. Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotram explains and glorifies Srimad Bhagavatam in such a succinct way. It goes like this. Sarva Shastrabdipi Yusha Sarva Vedaika Satpala Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja Sarva Lokaika Drikprada O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, <clears throat> you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana Srimad Bhagavata Prabho Kalidvandoditaditya Sri Krishna Paribhartita O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya Prema Varshakshadayate Sarvada Sarvasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume I bow down to you who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Madeka Bando Matsangin Madguro Man Mahadana my only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu sadhuta dayin atini chuchatakara hanamun chagadachin mam Premna Ritkanta Yogspura O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So, we've reached the fourth canto, fourth chapter of Srimad Bhagavatam. And Sati is quitting her body out of extreme anger uh, against her father who has blasphemed uh, her husband, Lord Shiva. We're starting with text 28. <clears throat> when Sati annihilated her body in anger, 
<clears throat> there was a tumultuous roar all over the universe. Why had Sati, the wife of the most respectable demigod, Lord Shiva, quit her body in such a manner? Purport. There was a tumultuous roaring all over the universe in the societies of the demigods of different planets because Sati was the daughter of Daksha, the greatest of all kings, and the wife of Lord Shiva, the greatest of all demigods. Why did she become so angry that she gave up her body since she was the daughter of a great personality and wife of a great personality? She had nothing to desire, but still she gave up her body in dissatisfaction. Certainly this was astonishing. One cannot attain complete satisfaction even if one is situated in the greatest material opulence. There was nothing Sati could not achieve, either from her relationship with her father or from her relationship with their greatest, with the greatest of the demigods. But still, for some reason, she was dissatisfied. Therefore, Srimad Bhagavatam 1.2.6 explains that one has to achieve real satisfaction. Yayatma supersediti, but Atma, the body, mind, and soul, all become completely satisfied only if one develops devotional service to the Absolute Truth. Sarvai pung sang pano dharmo yato bhaktir adhokshaje. Adhokshaje means the Absolute Truth. If one can develop his unflinching love for the transcendental Supreme Personality of Godhead, that can give complete satisfaction. Otherwise, there is no possibility of satisfaction in the material world or anywhere else. Text 29. <clears throat> it was astonishing that Daksha, who was Prajapati, the maintainer of all living entities, was so disrespectful to his own daughter, Sati, who was not only chaste, but was also a great soul, that she gave up her body because of his neglect. Purport. <clears throat> the word anatmya is significant. Atmya means the life of the soul. So this word indicates that although Daksha appeared to be living, actually he was a dead body. Otherwise, how could he neglect Sati, who was his own daughter? It was the duty of Daksha to look after the maintenance and comforts of all living entities because he was situated as, a Prajapati, as Prajapati, the governor, of all living entities. Therefore, how is it that he neglected his own daughter, who was the most exalted and chaste woman, a great soul, and who therefore deserved the most respectful treatment from her father? The death of Sati, because of her being neglected by Daksha, her father, was most astonishing to all the great demigods of the universe. Text 30. Daksha, 
who is so hard-hearted that he is unworthy to be a brahmana, will gain extensive ill fame because of his offenses to his daughter, because of not having prevented her death, and because of his great envy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Purport Daksha is described here as most hard-hearted and therefore unqualified to be a brahmana. Brahmadruk is described by some commentators to mean brahmabandhu, or friend of the brahmanas. A person who is born in a brahmana family but has no brahminical qualifications is called a brahmabandhu. Brahmanas are generally very soft-hearted and forbearing because they have the power to control the senses and the mind. Daksha, however, was not forbearing for the simple reason that his son-in-law, Lord Shiva, did not stand up to show him the formality of respect. He became so angry and hard-hearted that he tolerated even the death of his dearest daughter. Sati tried her best to mitigate the misunderstanding between the son-in-law and the father-in-law by coming to her father's house, even without an, inv an invitation. And at that time, Daksha should have received her, forgetting all past misunderstandings. But he was so hard-hearted that he was unworthy to be called an Aryan or Brahmana. Thus his ill fame still continues. Daksha means expert, and he was given this name because of his ability to beget many hundreds and thousands of children. Persons who are too sexually inclined and materialistic become so hard-hearted because of a slight loss of prestige that they can tolerate even the death of their children. Text 31 <clears throat> While people were talking among themselves about the wonderful voluntary death of Sati, the attendants who had come with her readied themselves to kill Daksha with their weapons. Purport The attendants who came with Sati were meant to protect her from calamities. But since they were unable to protect their master's wife, they decided to die for her, die for her. And therefore dying, they wanted to kill Daksha. And before dying, they wanted to kill Daksha. It is the duty of attendants to give protection to their master. And in the case of failure, it is their duty to die. Text 32. They came forward forcibly, but Briguma Muni saw the danger and offering oblations unto the southern side of the sacrificial fire immediately uttered mantric hymns from the Yajurveda by which the destroyers of yogic performances could be killed immediately. Purport Here is one example of powerful hymns in the Vedas which, when chanted, could perform wonderful acts. In the present age of Kali, it is not possible to find expert mantra chanters. Therefore, all the sacrifices recommended in the Vedas are forbid forbidden in this age. 
The only sacrifice recommended in this age is the chanting of the Hare Krishna mantra. Because in this age it is not possible to accumulate the needed funds for performing sacrifices. Not to speak of finding expert brahmanas who can chant the mantras perfectly. Texts 33 <clears throat> When Brigumuni offered oblations in the fire, immediately many thousands of demigods named Ribus became manifested. All of them were powerful, having achieved strength from Soma, the moon. Purport It is stated here that many thousands of demigods named Ribus became manifested because of the oblations offered in the fire and the chanting of the hymns from the Yajurveda. Brahmanas like Bhrigu, Muni, were so powerful that they could create such wonderful demigods simply by chanting the Vedic mantras. Vedic mantras are still available, but the chanters are not. By chanting Vedic mantras, or chanting the Gayatri, or Rig Mantra, one can attain the results one desires. In the present age of Kali, it is recommended by Lord Chaitanya that simply by chanting Hare Krishna, one can attain all perfection. Text 34 When the Ribu demigods attacked the ghosts and guyakas with half-burned fuel from the Yagya fire, all these attendants of Sati fled in different directions and disappeared. This was possible simply because of Brahmatejas, Brahminical power. Purport. The word Brahmatejasa used in this verse is significant. In those days, Brahmanas were so powerful that simply by desiring and by chanting a Vedic mantra, they could accomplish very wonderful effects. But in the present age of degradation, there are no such brahmanas. According to the Pancharatrika system, in this age the entire population is supposed to consist of shudras because the brahminical culture has been lost. <clears throat> but if anyone displays the signs of understanding Krishna consciousness, he should be accepted according to Vaishnava Smriti regulations as a prospective brahmana and should be given all facilities to achieve the highest perfection. The most magnanimous gift of Lord Chaitanya's is that the highest perfection of life <clears throat> is available in this age if one simply adopts the process of chanting Hare Krishna which is able to bring about the fulfillment of all activities in self-realization. Thus end the Bhaktivedanta purports of the fourth canto, fourth chapter of Srimad Bhagavatam entitled, Sati Quits Her Body. All glories, all glories to Sati. All glories to Sati. All glories to Sati. Now we're going to see what's going to happen. Chapter 5 <clears throat> Frustration <clears throat> 
of the sacrifice of Daksha. Text 1. Maitreya said, When Lord Shiva heard from Narada that Sati, his wife, was now dead because of Prajapati Daksha's insult to her and that his soldiers had been driven away by the Ribu demigods, he became greatly angry. Purport. Lord Shiva understood that Sati, being the youngest daughter of Daksha, could present the case of Lord Shiva's purity of purpose and would thus be able to mitigate the misunderstanding between Daksha and himself. But such a compromise was not attained and Sati was deliberately insulted by her father by not being received properly when she visited his house without being invited. Sati herself could have killed her father, Daksha, because she is the personified material energy and has immense power to kill and create within this material universe. In the Brahma Sangita, her strength is described. She is capable of creating and dissolving many universes. But although she is so powerful, she acts under the direction of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna, as his shadow. It would, have, it would not have been difficult for Sati to punish her father, but she thought that since she was his daughter, it was not proper for her, for her to kill him. Thus she decided to give up her own body, which she had obtained from his, and Daksha did not even check her. When Sati passed away, giving up her body, the news was conveyed by Narada to Lord Shiva. Narada always carries the news of such events because he knows their import. When Lord Shiva heard that his chaste wife Sati was dead, he naturally became exceedingly angry. He also understood that Brigamuni had created the Vibhu demigods by uttering the mantras of the Yajurveda and that these demigods had driven away all of his soldiers who were present in the arena of sacrifice. Therefore he wanted to reply to this insult and thus he decided to kill Daksha because he was the cause of the death of Sati. Text 2 Thus Lord Shiva, being extremely angry, pressed his lips with his teeth and immediately snatched from his head a strand of hair which blazed like electricity or fire. He stood up at once, laughing like a madman, and dashed the hair to the ground. Text 3 A fearful black demon as high as the sky and as bright as three suns combined was thereby created. His teeth very fearful and the hairs on his head like burning fire. He had thousands of arms equipped with various weapons and he was garlanded with the heads of men. Text 4 When that gigantic demon asked with folded hands, What shall I do, my lord? Lord Shiva, who is known as Bhutanath, 
directly ordered. Because you were born from my body, you were the chief of all my associates. Therefore, kill Daksha and his soldiers at the sacrifice. Purport Here is the beginning of competition between Brahmatejas and Shiva Tejas. By Brahmatejas, Brahminical strength, Brigumuni had created the Ribu demigods who had driven away the soldiers of Lord Shiva, stationed in the arena. When Lord Shiva heard that his soldiers had been driven away, he created the tall black demon, Virabhadra, to retaliate. There is sometimes a competition between the mode of goodness and the mode of ignorance. That is the way of material existence. Even when one is situated in the mode of goodness, there is every possibility that his position will be mixed with or attacked by the mode of passion or ignorance. That is the law of material nature. Although pure goodness or shuddhasattva is the basic, basic principle in the spiritual world, pure manifestation of goodness is not possible in this material world. Thus, the struggle for existence between different material qualities is always present. This quarrel between Lord Shiva and Brigamuni centered around Prajapati Daksha is the practical example of a competition between the different qualitative modes of material nature. Text 5 Maitreya continued, My dear Vidura, that black person was the personified anger of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and he was prepared to execute the orders of Lord Shiva. Thus, considering himself capable of coping with any power offered against him, he circumambulated Lord Shiva. Text 6 Many other soldiers of Lord Shiva followed the fierce personality in a tumultuous uproar. He carried a great trident, fearful enough to kill even death. And on his legs he wore bangles, which seemed to roar. Text 7 At that time, all the persons assembled in the sacrificial arena, the priests, the chief of the sacrificial performance, and the brahmanas and their wives, wondered where the darkness was coming from. Later they could understand that it was a dust storm and all of them were full of anxiety. Text 8 Conjecturing on the origin of the storm, they said, There is no wind blowing and no cows are passing, nor is it possible that this dust storm could be raised by plunderers, for, for there is still the strong King Barhi who would punish them. Where is this dust storm blowing from? Is the dissolution of the planet now to occur? Purport Specifically sig significant in this verse is Prachina Bahir Jibati. The king of that part of the land was known as Barhi and although he was old, he was still living and he was a very strong ruler. Thus, there was no possibility of an invasion by thieves and plunderers. 
Indirectly, it is stated here that thieves, plunderers, rogues, and unwanted population can exist only in a state or kingdom where there is no strong ruler. When, in the name of justice, thieves are allowed liberty, the state and kingdom are disturbed by such plunderers and unwanted population. The dust storm created by the soldiers and assistants of Lord Shiva resembled the situation at the time of the dissolution of this world. When there is a need for the dissolution of the material creation, this function is conducted by Lord Shiva. Therefore, the situation now created by him resembled the dissolution of the cosmic manifestation. Text 9 Prasuti, the wife of Daksha, along with the other women assembled, became very anxious and said, This danger has been created by Daksha because of the death of Sati, who even though completely innocent, quit her body as her sisters looked on. Purport Prasuti, being a soft-hearted woman, could immediately understand that the imminent danger approaching was due to the impious activity of hard-hearted Prajapati Daksha. He was so cruel that he would not save her, her, her youngest daughter, Sati, from the act of committing suicide in the presence of her sisters. Sati's mother could understand how much Sati had been pained by the insult of her father. Sati had been present along with the other daughters and Daksha had purposely received them, received all of them, but her, because she happened to be the wife of Lord Shiva. This consideration convinced the wife of Daksha of the danger which was now ahead, and thus she knew that Daksha must be prepared to die for his heinous act. Text 10 At the time of disillusion, Lord Shiva's hair is scattered and he pierces the rulers of the different directions with his trident. He laughs and dances proudly, scattering their hands like flags as thunder scatters the clouds all over the world. Purport Prasuti, who appreciated the power and strength of her son-in-law, Lord Shiva, is describing what he does at the time of dissolution. This description indicates that the strength of Lord Shiva is so great <clears throat> that Daksha's power could not be set in could not be set in comparison to his, to it. At the time of dissolution, Lord Shiva with his trident in hand, dances over the rulers of the different planets, and his hair is scattered, just, like, just as the clouds are scattered over all directions in order to plunge the different planets into incessant torrents of rain. In the last phase of disillusion, all the planets become inundated with water, and that inundation is caused by the dancing of Lord Shiva. 
This dance is called the pralaya dance, or dance of disillusion. Prasuti could understand that the dangers ahead resulted not only from doctors having neglected her daughter, but also because of his neglecting the prestige and honor of Lord Shiva. Text 12. Text 11, sorry. The gigantic black man bared his fe fearful teeth. By the movements of his brows, he scattered the luminaries all over the sky, and he covered them with his strong, piercing effulgence. Because of the misbehavior of Daksha, even Lord Brahma, Daksha's father, could not have been saved from the great exhibition of anger. Text 12 While all the people talked among themselves, Daksha saw dangerous omens from all sides, from the earth and from the sky. Purport in this verse, Daksha has been described as Mahatma. The word Mahatma has been commented upon by different commentators in various manners. Viragava Acharya has indicated that the, this word Mahatma means steady in heart. That is to say, that Daksha was so strong-hearted that even when his beloved daughter was preparing, prepared to lay down her life, he was steady and unshaken. But in spite of his being so strong-hearted, he was perturbed when he saw the various disturbances created by the gigantic black demon. Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur remarks in this connection that even if one is called Mahatma, a great soul, unless he exhibits the symptoms of a Mahatma, he should be considered a Duratma or a degraded soul. In the Bhagavad Gita 9.13, the word Mahatma describes the pure devotee of the Lord. Mahatmanas tumam parta daivim prakritim ashrita ha. A Mahatma is always under the guidance of the internal energy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And thus, how could such a misbehaved person as Daksha be a Mahatma? A Mahatma is supposed to have all good qualities of the demigods, and thus Daksha, lacking those qualities, could not be called a Mahatma. He should instead be called Duratma, a degraded soul. The word Mahatma to describe the word Mahatma to describe the qualifications of Daksha is used sarcastically. That's Vishwanath. <laughs> Text 13. My dear Vidura, all the followers of Lord Shiva surrounded the arena of sacrifice. They were short of stature and were equipped with various kinds of weapons. Their bodies appeared to be like those of sharks, blackish and yellowish. They ran all around the sacrificial arena and thus began, began to create disturbances. Text 14. Some of the soldiers pulled, pulled down the pillars. Again, some of the soldiers pulled down the pillars which were supporting the pandal of sacrifice. Some of them entered the female quarters. Some began destroying the sacrificial arena 
and some enter the kitchen and the residential quarters. Text 15. They broke all the pots made for use in the sacrifice, and some of them began to extinguish the sacrificial fire. Some tore down the boundary line of the sacrificial arena, and some passed urine on the arena. <laughs> Text 16. Some blocked the way of the fleeing sages. Some threatened the women assembled there, and some arrested the demigods who were fleeing the Pandal. Text 15. Maniman, one of the followers of Lord Shiva, arrested Brigumuni, and Virabhadra, the black demon, arrested Prajapati Daksha. Another follower who was named Chandesha arrested Pusha. Nandishwar arrested the demigod Bhaga. Text 18. There was a continuous shower of stones and all the priests and other members assembled at the sacrifice were put into immense misery. For fear of their lives, they dispersed in different directions. Text 19. Virabhadra tore off the mustache of Brigu, who was offering the sacrificial oblations with his hands in the fire. Text 20. Virabhadra immediately caught Bhaga, who had been moving his eyebrows during Daksha's cursing of Lord Shiva, and out of great anger thrust him to the ground and forcibly put out his eyes. Text 21. Just as Baladev knocked out the teeth of Dantavakra, the king of Kalinga, during the gambling match at the marriage ceremony of Adiruddha, Aniruddha, Virabhadra knocked out the teeth of both Daksha, who had shown them while cursing Lord Shiva, and Pusha, who was smiling sympathetically, who by smiling sympathetically had also shown his teeth. Purport. Here is a reference, here a reference is made to the marriage of Aniruddha, a grandson of Lord Krishna's. He kidnapped the daughter of Dantavakra, and thereafter he was arrested. Just as he was to be punished for the kidnapping, the soldiers from Dwarka arrived, headed by Balaram, and a fight ensued amongst the Kshatriyas. This sort of fight was very common, especially during marriage ceremonies, <laughs> when everyone was in a challenging spirit. In that challenging spirit, a fight was sure to occur, and in such fights, there was commonly killing and misfortune. After finishing such fighting, the parties would come to a compromise and everything would be settled. This Dakya Jagya was similar to such events. Now all of them, Daksha and the demigods, Bhaga and Pusha and Brigamuni, were punished by the soldiers of Lord Shiva. But later, everything would come to a peaceful end. So this spirit of fighting between one another was not exactly inimical because everyone was so powerful and wanted to show his strength by Vedic mantra or mystic power. All these fighting skills were very elaborately exhibited by the different parties at the Jagya Daksha 
यज्ञ can't resist one. Text 22. <clears throat> then Virabhadra, the giant-like personality, sat on the chest of Daksha <clears throat> and tried to separate his head from his body with sharp weapons, but was unsuccessful. 23. He tried to cut the head of Daksha with hymns as well as weapons, but still it was hard to cut even the surface of the skin of Daksha's head. Thus, Virabhadra was exceedingly bewildered. Text 24 Then Virabhadra saw the wooden device in the sacrificial arena by which the animals were to have been killed. He took the opportunity of this facility to behead Daksha. Purport. In this connection, it is to be noted that the device used for killing animals in the sacrifice was not designed to facilitate eating their, eating their flesh. The killing was specifically intended to give a new life to the sacrificed animal by the power of Vedic mantra. The animals were sacrificed to test the strength of Vedic mantras. Yagyas were performed as a test of the mantra. Even in the modern age, tests are executed on small bodies, on, on animal bodies, in the physiological lab, physio, physiology laboratory. Similarly, whether or not the brahmanas were uttering the Vedic hymns correctly was tested by sacrifice in the arena. On the whole, the animals thus sacrificed were not at all the losers. Some old animals would be sacrificed, but in exchange for their old bodies, they received other, new bodies. That was the test of Vedic mantras. Virabhadra, instead of sacrificing animals with the wooden device, immediately beheaded Daksha to, to the astonishment of everyone. And it's 8.05. We have to stop here. Say that again. Really? Okay, we'll continue. Text 25. Upon seeing the action of Virabhadra, the party of Lord Shiva was pleased and cried out joyfully. And all the Buddhas, ghosts, and demons that had come made a tumultuous sound. On the other side, the brahmanas in charge of the sacrifice cried out in grief at the death of Daksha. Text 26 Virabhadra then took the head and with great anger threw it into the southern side of the sacrificial fire, offering it as an oblation. In this way the followers of Lord Shiva devastated all the arrangements for sacrifice. After setting fire to the whole arena, they departed for their master's abode, Kailas. Thus the Bhaktivedanta's end, the Bhaktivedanta purports of the fourth canto, fifth chapter of Srimad Bhagavatam, entitled, Frustration of the Sacrifice of Daksha. All glories to Lord Shiva.
I don't know who to say all glories to. <laughs> all glories to Virabhadra. Hare Krishna. Okay. Kind of a blockbuster description in the Srimad Bhagavatam. That would make quite a movie, no? You can make quite a movie out of that. Okay. <clears throat> we'll start we'll st start tomorrow's reading in chapter six, text one. And wait in anticipation of what kind of uh, what kind of reflections are gonna come from the sages after this reading. Hare Krishna. <coughs> Braj Balabha. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Um, just a, <coughs> a point that we read at the end of the prior chapter when Lord Shiva made this giant black demon about the competitiveness of the modes of nature. Oh. And hmm. that um, even if one's in the mode of goodness, for example, that doesn't necessarily mean the mode of ignorance isn't lurking around, or the mode of passion isn't lurking around, if I understood it right. Not only do you understand it right, but you just unpack, as this pastime of the Bhagavatam, unpacked the verse, Abrahma, Bhuvana Loka, Punar Arvata Norjuna. From the topmost planet, Brahma Loka, down to the lowest, all are places where repeated birth and death take place. So therefore, it, it, there's no safe place in this material world. There's only one way to be safe, and that's to go back to the spiritual world once and for all. And all the fighting that you see going around, it was going on from the beginning. Seems like it. Yeah, more than seems like it. It was dead on. Um, my question is... <coughs> and in the Gita also it says that the modes of passion, ignorance, and goodness are constantly competing with one another. So these, the, the Bhagavatam just unpacks what's in the Gita. It's all there in the Gita, mm -hmm. but it's written in such a sutric form that it needs to be unpacked, and that's what the Bhagavatam does. does, does do these statements mean that um, if, let's say, the mode of goodness is prominent at one time or the mode of passion is, um, does it doesn't because I always assumed that Lord Brahma was more powerful than Lord Shiva, but based on this reading, that statement's completely inaccurate. Lord Brahma is not more powerful than Lord Shiva. Oh, okay. Lord Shiva is more powerful than Lord Brahma. Oh. Lord Shiva is his form is eternal. Oh, but Lord Brahma is not. He's contrary yes. with this universe. He's he's a jiva. Okay. That Lord Shiva is not a jiva. He's, he's, a, he's, he's not Vishnu taught, but he's not. He's, he's Shiva Tattva. He's in his own kingdom. And there's only one Shiva Tattva. Oh. So does that mean that a, like a regular Jiva can't become Shiva Tattva? That's right. Sometimes Krishna will take, or Vishnu will take the form of Vi Brahma when there's no Jiva in the universe qualified to yeah. take the, the post of Brahma. Then... Lord Vishnu will take that form. Mm. But in Lord Shiva's case, as far as we know, as far as I know, and what I've heard, 
uh, Lord Shiva's form is eternal and therefore there's no jiva that, jiva that ever takes the form of Lord Shiva. Not possible. Excuse me. The, the landlord, you have to let the landlord speak otherwise he'll kick us out of the house. <laughs> okay, Radharaman. I was just thinking, Maharaj, um, I don't know if I'm getting the combination of words right, but someone who's maintains being hard-hearted and materialistic is destined for infamy. And uh, it's something that uh, one has to be careful of. Yes, and I would say beyond that, not beyond it, but in, in, in addition to that, one who is extremely materialistic, no matter how high a position he attains, is destined for that. Yes, and therefore, Prabhupada would admonish us again and again, be very careful. Be very careful in your dealings, especially with other Vaishnavas. What to speak of Lord Shiva, who is Vaishnavanam Yatakshambhu, the best of all the Vaishnavas. Not only is he Shiva Tattva and unique, but he is also the best Vaishnava. So when Daksha, you know, insulted him, he was cruising for a bruising, as we say in America. Cruising for a bruising. And another point, to, to Braj Balava's point, the modes of nature are all-pervading. In the highest planetary systems, the mode of, mode of goodness is prominent, but there's always some passion and ignorance, and that's another illustration of this story. Mm. Sorry, Pai, go ahead. Shantarupa. Yes, Shantarupa. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, and assembled devotees. Well, Hare Krishna to you. One from Rati Manjari. Yes, Rati. Jai Guru Maharaj. Your daily reading of Srila Prabhupada's books is the transcendental blanket of the day. <laughs> Hare Krishna. You sound like you, you can write lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> and from Bhakti Noel? Yes, Bhakti Noel. Hare Krishna, dear Guru Maharaj. Please accept my humble obeisances. I am so grateful to be able to tune into these readings of Srila Prabhupada's transcendental texts to guide my spirit soul through the unrelenting challenges in the material world. Mm -hmm. All glories to your service. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. All glories to Prabhupada. And we can see that even in the highest planetary places, still there is danger. No safe place in this material world. Hare Krishna. And from Vilas Manjari? Yes, Vilas Manjari. Haribo. Dear Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. 
This section of Srimad Bhagavatam is so exciting. Narada Muni conveyed the news of Sati's death to Lord Shiva because, quote, Narada always carries the news of such events because he knows their import, unquote. Yeah, he's the real breaking news guy. This is very interesting. How devotees such as Narada can see imminent danger and destruction in a positive light. And it reminds me that when the world is in such a bad state as it is now, we don't need to get over the anxious. We can remember that there is a spiritual benefit, and this will lead to purification and eventually receptiveness to Krishna consciousness. Yeah, generally speaking, uh, these kinds of events happen in order to clean the house. Generally speaking. Spring house cleaning. Anandamurti? Yes, Anandamurti. <coughs> Dear Guru Maharaj and all assembled devotees, please accept my humble obeisances, O glories, to Sri the Prabhupada. Thank you so much for today's readings of Sri the Prabhupada's books. It is so miserable result that comes after becoming too much puffed up and becoming too much attached with one's pride and fame and name. Yes, pride cometh before the fall. That's the saying. And knowledge begins with humility and the next item from humility is pridelessness. So that's real knowledge is pridelessness and pride is the opposite. And that brings ignorance, motive ignorance and it is self-destructing. From Daitari Hari. Yes, Daitari Hari. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances, all glories to Srila Prabhupada. I always found it funny that in spite of the ferocious nature of the assault by Lord Shiva's associates on Daksha and his followers, Muni was lucky to only have his mustache pulled off instead of his eyes plucked out or teeth smashed out. He was probably relieved when he saw what was happening to everyone else. Well, everybody gets the results of their activities and it's never a mechanical formula. Each one has a different degree of retribution. And that's the way of the world. This is also, also from Dietary Hari. I also found this statement interesting in relation to the mode of goodness sometimes being mixed with or attacked by the lower modes we heard in that same purport. Mm. Quote, Although pure goodness or Shruta Sattva is the basic principle in the spiritual world, pure manifestation of goodness is not possible in this material world. How do we best understand this statement? Repeat it again. Although pure goodness or Shruta Sattva is the basic principle in the spiritual world, pure manifestation of goodness is not possible in this material world. Because the material world is a transformation of the Mahatattva, 
the first transformation of the Mahatattva is false ego, and false ego then transforms into the, uh, pas- good, goodness, passion, and ignorance. So the whole material world, uh, there is no pure goodness, because it's always mixed with some degree of passion and ignorance. There is no pure goodness in the material world. And therefore, everyone's attempt to try to make a purely good atmosphere is always futile. And even if they're able to temporarily do it, then they have to leave their body and they they can't even enjoy it. But they can't even temporarily do it. And this is the whole point of this pastime. Next is from Sarvagya. Yes, Sarvagya. Thank you, Maharaj, for reading. Is it that there are twelve rudras for different purposes? Twelve what? Rudras. Rudras for different purposes. Uh, Yes. I don't know the details, actually, of what those different purposes are, but there are a variety of them, and they all have different parts to play in the uh, dissolution of things. You know, when you sit a fruit down and just leave it there, what happens? It, it rots. That's Rudra. You set a fire and a house burns down. That's Rudra. The material body gets old and, you know, degenerates. That's Rudra. When we, when we exert ourselves, at some point we have to take rest. That's rudra. So all the different rudras have different parts of the disillusion activities of the mode of ignorance uh, to tend to. But they're all coming from Shiva, Shambhu. Next is from Goranga Gopal. Yes, Goranga Gopal. Interesting point in purport to verse 21, chapter 5. Quote, So this fighting between one another was not exactly inimical, because everyone was so powerful and wanted to show his strength by Vedic mantra or mystic power. All these fighting skills were very elaborately exhibited by different parties at the Daksha Yagya. From my perspective, it really sounds that everyone is so emotionally invested in this fight. This is very foreign for me to understand how one can make a show of anger without actually experiencing it, being fully transcendental. Well, they aren't fully transcendental. That's why they're in the material world. But this, this has to do with culture. This, this, when these, there's a high culture, and we'll see in the next in the next chapter, Daksha, and when he gets his goat head, then he will actually pray, pray to Lord Shiva, and Shiva immediately forgives him. In the battlefield of Kurukshetra, you know they were fighting and killing each other like anything, but in the evenings, because they were all relatives, they would go to each other's camps and they would, 
you know, have social events. Yeah, so that that's a that's a level of culture that we can't understand because there is no culture now. Our culture is just get money, go out and buy things. That's it. So we can't relate to it because we are uncultured. That's why faith plays a very important role in hearing. These, these, these pastimes of the Bhagavatam that are, that are uh, generated, these are eternal scriptures. And therefore they're absolutely true. Every single, it's, a, it's actually a historical document. had one final thought Maharaj that um, this black demon was fighting in the mode of ignorance the uh, Brahma Tejas were fighting in the mode of goodness Brahma Tejas comes from the Brahmins vibration of the mantras and yes it's in goodness but if the purpose of it is to fight then it would be tinged with, ig with, ig with, with ignorance also ignorance it got me thinking about the Gita where um, Arjuna is fighting not for any of the modes. Uh, he ultimately just fights for Krishna's satisfaction. So Yes, but when he's out on the battlefield, he's angry. Oh, Arjuna is angry? Oh, yes. Oh, okay. But yeah. it's, even, it's how you use it. Yeah. I see. Yeah, it's a consciousness. That just it all kind of circled back. In a battlefield that has 600 million people killed in 18 days and not be fighting with anger. Uh, I, I'll take your word for it. Thank Not you. possible. <laughs> Not possible. Next is from Bhakta Rupa. Yes, Bhakta Rupa. There's two comments. This section of the Bhagavatam feels like sense gratification. This section of the Bhag Bhagavatam feels like sense gratification. Um, what do you mean? Feels very compelling, isn't it? It's, um, it really it, it's action packed, but it's not. It's not. Obviously, Daksha is. Uh, a sense gratifier. Well, Bhakti Rupa says, my ears are happy to hear it. What's that? To hear the pastime. Oh, oh. Oh, I got it. Yeah, that's transcendental sense gratification. That's for the satisfaction of Krishna. We, we share in the enjoyment. When we give Krishna pleasure, we share in that pleasure. Krishna shares it with us. That's his nature. He's the supreme enjoyer, and we are infinitesimal enjoyers, but we are enjoyed by the supreme enjoyer, all of us. And in that way, we give him pleasure, and we enjoy. So reading Bhagavatam is not sense gratification. Even though you may get delight from reading it, it's a transcendental pleasure. 
There's a second comment. It's nice how the Bhagavatam goes from deep philosophy deep philosophy from Kapiladev to the highest drama. It really keeps you hearing. Oh yes. It's the most wonderful literature in the world, in the universe. And from Anandamurti? Yes, Anandamurti. Quote. Therefore, Srimad Bhagavatam 126 explains that one has to achieve real satisfaction, yayatma supersediti. Hmm. But atma, the body, mind, and soul, all become completely satisfied only if one develops devotional service to the Absolute Truth. Savai pung sang paro dharmo yato bhaktir adhokshaja. Adhokshaja means the Absolute Truth. If one can develop his unflinching love for the transcendental Supreme Personality of Godhead, that can give complete satisfaction. Otherwise, there is no possibility of satisfaction in the material world or anywhere else. Unquote. This Srila Prabhupada's purport brings me a refuge from all material, dangerous life. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Very wonderful reflections. Another Murti's reflections are very deep very realized. Hare Krishna, thank you very much. Sarvagya. Sarvagya. Haribo. He says, thank you, Maharaj, eagerly awaiting for next class. As as are we. I'd like to thank all of you for the wonderful reflections. They're just getting better and better. The Bhagavatam gets better and better. Reflections get better and better. This is real life real life. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Samaveda Bhakta Vrinda ki jai. Gaur Premanandi. See you tomorrow night, same time, same place, same topic as Daksha learns the lesson. Hare Krishna. See you tomorrow.